Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you for joining me today because, as always, this is a show to inspire, to uplift, to support you on your journey of transformation, and to open your ability to receive love and healing. So we have one of those great conversations that will be happening today. And uh, before we jump in, I have a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, every every year for the past six years, I have been taking a group of people to Costa Rica, and what we're doing there is spending a week at a place called Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. And Rhythmia Life Advancement Center is the only medically licensed plant medicine center in the world. And by plant medicine, I'm talking about ayahuasca the ancient, ancient plant that has been used by the experience, then you can either contact me directly at um, drs at drcherylselman.com or go to rhythmia.com, which is R-Y-T-H-M-I-A, and learn more there. Okay, that's the first announcement. And the second one is that if you love the show and want to be able to listen to it every week, you can go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, and that's because my other podcast on Progressive Radio Network is called What Women Must Know, so you can go there and like me there, or you can go to my website, which is drcherylselman.com and opt in there, and uh, I will just send all of these wonderful conversations out to you, and you'll get them via your email, and of course I have other additional information and teachings and learnings and inspirational things that I send out on a regular basis. So I hope you'll join my community and continue this journey of healing and empowerment. And let's talk about my guest today because I have a great guest. We're going to be exploring and navigating the winds of change with Stephen Monatrink. And I just want to share a little bit about Stephen. At the onset of the two years that Stephen Monatrink was in the process of rejuvenating and healing in a care facility, he was experiencing the yearning that he had felt many times before, but now it was stronger and constantly present to share his heartfelt devotion centered on vibrational medicine, healing, and joyous living that inspires a higher consciousness into a book for those who truly seek to embrace a life founded in love. Navigating the Winds of Change, a spiritual guide to embracing a loving life, fulfills his heart's yearning. Mana's insightful book reveals and teaches how our life experiences along with its greatest hardships can compel us to go deeper into our heart, consciousness, a place of infinite insights and discoveries. Throughout the past 27 years, Stephen Monatrink was at service as a master hypnotherapist, epigenetic therapist, educator, published author, abstract artist, natural mentor, and spiritual teacher. He helps empower us to perceive a greater awareness to the purpose of life, to flourish at our highest potential, and to experience living a new and fulfilling reality. So Stephen Monotrink is a man in my 
own heart. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to be able to welcome him to the show today. So, aloha. Aloha. Well, well, thank you for those beautiful words, Dr. Cheryl. I mean, when I was listening to him, I said, i got to get to know this guy. You know, who is he? <laughs> because it's interesting, yeah. you know, when you look at life, do we really know who we are? I mean, does a rose know it's a rose? Does a sparrow know it's a sparrow? Or we just are. And, you know, life gives us an opportunity to see ourselves from a different perspective. And um, that's what it's all about. For me, it's it's a journey of celebration. Even though there are times, many times for me and I'm sure for many others where we run up against um, challenges in our life. Uh, I like to look at them as we're navigating through the mountains and the valleys and the rough terrains that life affords us, that gives us these opportunities to uh, enjoy the journey and to embrace the reward. And uh, that's what I'm about right now. I'm about, and that's what my book is about, uh, Dr. Cheryl, is about all my experiences uh, that brought me to this very moment, you know, my insights, the wisdoms that I was able to glean from my experiences, and all the work that I did over the years, the trips to Peru or sitting down with masters or gurus or however you want to call them and the books I've read and the tapes I listened to and the workshops I went to, you know, you have to do the work. At least I had to do the work. And whatever it is that I was able to put together is written in that book. And it it, it didn't come from my mind because we talked about calling and yearning. Years and years ago in my practice as a hypnotherapist, uh, I was in Malibu, specifically uh, Malibu, California, I was with the Malibu Healing Center there, and I was into hypnosis and vibrational medicine. And, um, gee, I was meeting all these beautiful people out of the <laughs> out of the ethers that came to me. You know, I was just taken back. I learned to do the singing bowls. I don't know if you ever played with those, but they're amazing. Sure. Uh, the high frequencies. And, you know, one of the things, quickly a sidebar, is that I've always wanted to be a musician. However, I am completely tone deaf. I have no ability to decipher certain levels of tones and pitches and so forth. So, therefore, I can't play an instrument. But I was able to play six singing bowls in the most harmonic fashion that you could ever imagine where I would put audiences of 50 and 100 into a state of trance that you cannot believe. The bowls played themselves. They harmonized together. And that's what life is about. If we put ourselves in a place where we are able to play the bowls of life so they harmonize together and work together in synchronicity, my God, what a beautiful event that could be for us. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and um, your journey has been very inspiring. And I, I think it's it's always fascinating to hear the journey that people take in their life that bring them to a place of 
greater awareness and uh, compassion and love on this journey of life, which really is a spiritual journey. And you've had some interesting life experiences. So can you share some of the uh, profound and transformative experiences that brought you to this moment? The first experience that I would want to discuss is when I um, moved from New York City at the age of uh, 33. I had my own business there. I was in the apparel business, the garment business, the garmento, the the smarter (laughs) business (laughs) (laughs) in New York for for years. That was it. But I loved what I did because it was creative. I was designing, merchandising, and manufacturing. I was in the nitty-gritty creative aspect of it, So, but I enjoyed that aspect of it. But uh, I moved from New York to California when I was 33 years old. And I moved not because I decided to move or I contemplated to move, but the universe came, picked me up, in like a whirlwind and dropped me in the heart of Hollywood on the 405 freeway at Sunset Boulevard there's a Holiday Inn it's a round Holiday Inn right off the freeway and that's where I wound up I know it I know that one (laughs) (laughs) and I know what am I doing here don't forget I had a family I had my own business. I was in the apparel industry. I had all my friends. You know, I was a New York boy. I was a Brooklyn-born, bred New York guy. And that was my turf. That was my territory. That's all I knew. Uh, California wasn't in my dreams, even. It was something I watched on Hawaii Five-0 or, you know, on the news or on some TV show. However, I wound up in California out of nowhere and it's a story behind that that I you know I don't want to get into the nitty gritty but the fact is that I closed my eyes packed my bags and took a leap of faith and that's what I felt was my first embracement of trusting the divinity of the process that the universe is showing us. You follow what I'm saying? By by leaving everything behind, family, business, friends, everything that I knew, to move to Emerald City, the Yellow Brick Road, yeah. took me to the Emerald City, to move there unknowingly what I was even going to find and do it on nothing other than a prayer. And so when I wound up in California, you know, it was like being transported to a world of fantasy. I thought I was going to leave all my illusions behind, you know, all the problems that I had, all the conflicts that I was up against, all the uh, all, all the Mishigas that I Mishigas is a Jewish term for you know for, for all, all, all all the things you don't need in your life. Okay. I thought I was going to leave those behind and go into this new world. And that's exactly what I did. 
However, eight months later, I found myself sitting on the beach in Marina del Rey by myself in the, in, in the rain, in the heavy mist on a dark, cloudy day. I'm sitting there and saying, what's wrong with this picture? And the reason I'm saying is what's wrong with this picture is because even though I left New York City and I thought I left my troubles behind me and I entered into La La Land, which is Hollywood, California, and everything that they say it is, I realized that I brought myself with me. I brought my same consciousness that I had in New York that created the situations that I was trying to get away from. I brought that with me to California. And, of course, the environment changed and everything was great, but eventually it all caught up with me. And I started experiencing things that I thought I left behind. So these are the two major things um, experiences that I had that led me up to this moment. Number one, I was picked up by the universe and a leap of faith brought me to California. Followed that leap of faith. I took the opportunity to follow my heart. Again, I didn't tell anybody I was moving to California, by the way. I was afraid to because logically it didn't make sense. And my family and my friends were all going to try to convince me with linear thinking, because that's the mind works with linear ways. You've got to be nuts to do this. How could you give up this? How could you leave? Or whatever the story was going to be, I didn't want to hear it. I knew from the yearning, and I say yearning, this is not a calling, it's a yearning that was deep to follow the light, follow the heart, and that's what I did. So that was a big step for me. That was the first thing in my life that I feel that I did that embraced my own love, self-love. And then waking up on the beach, realizing I took myself with me, that something is going to change, I have to change within myself. And that's when... I started to go on my spiritual journey. I mean, I have many stories, Dr. Sharlow. I, mean, <laughs> I think this one is... Yeah. This is I only brought you up to a, a certain point right now. Let me just continue. <laughs> but, but what I want to tell you is that life is full of these adventures if you pay attention. Everything that we experience, I feel is an experience that we were meant to experience. We're always we have, where we're supposed to be. Yeah, and I was just going to say, you know, this is where it takes courage to listen to yourself and to step into the unknown. And, you know, there's really no way to avoid that if we want to truly find who we are and find the greater purpose. You cannot stay safe. <laughs> it doesn't work that way because you are not truly allowing yourself to experience the truth of who you are. 
So you have to take those. It looks like risks, but it actually is just part of the journey that your soul has designed for you. And the more you resist it, the more difficult it gets or the more painful it gets or the more sick you get because you are not really listening and having the courage to move on in your life. All possibilities, all miracles is found in the unknown. It's not found in the limited thinking of the mind. The mind only knows what it knows. Yeah. It's in the 99% where we don't dare to adventure, where we're afraid of the uncertainty that all our possibilities, all our miracles, and our self exists. Our truth exists in the unknown. That's pretty heavy if you really want to look at it, you know, but it's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> It's, 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 it really is that point of power, but you don't know it until you're willing to jump into that space. You know, you can't. And sometimes you're there's thrown no way. into it. And sometimes you're thrown in. You know, um, we were talking before the show of how you got to Honolulu because I'm sure there are many other stories you can tell us along the amazing journey you've taken, but let's, 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 let's move on to when you were brought to that care facility when you weren't expected to be here much longer. Tell us about that journey. Sure. That was a major, major shift in, in, in my consciousness and in my experience of life. I mean, it was, wow, it was one of the most dramatic shifts in I don't even know how to put it, into what I looked at as reality. Okay. Well, first of all, when I moved from Malibu, California, where I had my healing practice at the Malibu Healing Center, I moved to the Big Island of Hawaii, which is the most uh, rural Island. It's uh, it's the biggest island, the newest island, and it's got the least amount of people and the most amount of lava and dirt roads on it. It was really, you know, raw. It, and, but the island itself is on a grid line, and the frequency on that island is amazing because it's an island of transformation. It shakes you up. And that's exactly that, what happened to me when I moved. To the Big Island, I, uh, with my wife, was a an emergency physician for uh, thirty years, and she didn't care for the uh, the environment of the medical community that she was working in because of the restrictions between the pharmaceutical companies and the administration of the hospital and all the rules and dictation on how to take care of patients, she wasn't allowed to practice medicine from her heart. She had to practice medicine by the guidelines and the rules of the, uh, of the institution she was working for. And she was not only boarded in, I'm telling you the story for a reason, it's because she was not only boarded in, uh, in, in Western medicine, in emergency medicine, she was boarded in an integrative medicine, she, holistic medicine. She was, she was one of the 
beginning uh, founders of that whole movement. And so she came from that place of practicing integrative medicine first and Western medicine where it was necessary. It developed into that. And that's why we decided to leave the medical community in the mainland and moved to the Big Island, which she was a resident of for 30 years, and practiced medicine from her heart. So we opened up a mobile urgent care. We went to the hotels and vacation rentals of all the visitors and travelers that came to this island, and we provided medical attention. We had everything from a pharmacy to suturing to to, to you name it, we, we brought it to the room when necessary and we performed what we needed to do and we saved a lot of lives and specifically saved a lot of weddings too because that's another story. Mm-hmm. But the point I want to make was the reason that I'm bringing this up is because that was the most fulfilling part of my entire life was to be able to take all my experiences that I've had in the apparel industry and all my experiences that I've had in the um, in, through hypnosis and through the spiritual community and apply it in giving uh, service to the people that needed medical attention. It brought me so much fulfillment that I redefined what my value of success was in life. Because I chased the brass ring most of the time, especially living and growing up in New York City and the apparel industry. It was very materialistic for me. The cars, the, uh, the jewelry, the, the, you know, the custom suits and all that because I was dealing with top designers of the world. I was, you know, I was dealing on Madison Avenue. I, was, I had to dress the part. I was everything but who I was. I had to play a role. So now I'm on a whole different perspective, and I started to find myself in this perspective. I started to to embrace what I was doing with love, and I and it was very very fruitful to me. And then my wife passed away. She developed uh, a rare case of cancer, uh, clear cell carcinoma. And it was very aggressive, and we went to Japan for alternative treatment, and we tried everything possible, but unfortunately, you know, um, she had greater work to do, and she went on to do it. So my my business, my income, uh, my way of lifestyle ended at her death, okay, because she was the star of the show. I did everything behind the scenes. I made it happen. She showed up. Elvis left the building. Elvis, you know, is here. Hmm. That's her role, and she loved it, and she was able to be everything that she was born to be. And um, so now I have nothing. Then at the same instant, that same week she passed away, I um, I developed a pulmonary embolism, which is a, a blood clot in the lung. And uh, prior to to that, okay, prior to that, I had fallen and visiting her in the ER uh, when I had to take her in because she was critical. They gave her 72 hours to live, and we went through a whole big thing, and I fell in the parking lot, the handicapped parking lot of the hospital, and I shattered my shoulder, and I fractured my 
my uh, <laughs> pelvis, and I was put away in a home for a month to rehabilitate while she was dying. So you got to picture this, and I'm not trying to make it dramatic, but this is where I was, man. My wife was dying. She needed my attention. In fact, to make it even more dramatic, when we were going out and we first met, she said to me, she said, when I die, I want to die in your arms. And here I am in a, a rehabilitation home, miles and miles away from her, and she was dying. I couldn't be with her. So think about all the the emotional uh, trauma that I went through in that respect. Not only healing myself, but now my wife needs me or I wanted to be there and be with her. That wasn't possible. So these are the things that life started to present to me. And these were major, major challenges. How I handled these challenges, how I handled them became initiations, meaning that they were opportunities for me to spiritually grow. And the way that I was able to get through it all is to go within myself and embrace the divinity of everything that was going on. I embraced the fact that nothing was happening to me in the sense that I was a victim. But everything that is being presented to me is being presented to me for me so I could experience and grow spiritually from this situation. And that helped me tremendously, tremendously knowing that the universe is giving me a gift that my ultimate journey isn't necessarily being with my wife while she's passing away, my ultimate journey is being with myself, loving myself, accepting myself for everything that I am, being responsible for all my experiences, meaning that I call these experiences in. I realize that I co-wrote my own script, that I'm on the theater, I'm on the stage of a grand theater. You know, I, I call it the theater of miracles, where everything happens for you. All right, and and that helped me tremendously. So, <laughs> next step is that um, while I was in the cash facility, and I developed uh, my multiple myeloma, which is a, a bone marrow cancer, which I've had for twelve years prior, but kept in in check holistically through diet and exercise and meditation and, and, and healthy way of living, instead of taking uh, Western medical drugs that they wanted to give me, I was able to keep that multiple myeloma in check where it didn't affect my life at all. But with all the stress that went on in my life, okay, up to this point, when I moved to Hawaii, it activated the multiple loma on top of it all. And I had to be rushed to the hospital one night because of uh, uh, my, my blood work came back and it was dangerous. And so they took me to the hospital, and that's when my sister flew out, thought I was going to be dying, and got rid of all my possessions. And uh, 
fooled everybody. I'm still here. In fact, I'm healthier than ever. Last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I got diagnosed through a bone biopsy that I am cancer-free. I have no mm-hmm. signs. It, the report said no signs of evidence of cancer. And I said, holy, how is that possible? Because I was riddled with pla- cancerous plasma cells in my bone marrow. And there's no cure for it. Of course, the docs here say, well, you're not cured. But I said, I'm cancer-free, right, doc? And she said, yes, you're cancer-free. I said, I'll go with that diagnosis. I'm not going to go with Mm. anything else. You know, I'm going to stay with what works for me. And so uh, in the time that I was rehabilitating from getting out of the hospital, uh, I was in a place in a facility, a 24-7 care facility out here in Kailua, which is uh, up the coast from where I am now. It's a beautiful place. It's where Obama vacations all the time. And uh, I was taken in by a Filipino family. Uh, uh, she was, uh, the wife was uh, actually a nurse, and he was uh, a physician. But, of course, he couldn't practice here because he didn't have his license for the States. But they took such good care of me 24-7, washed me, fed me, you know, did everything to make sure I took my medication to the point where I was able to leave there after six months and come to the facility that I'm in right now, which is more independent. The reason I'm bringing this all up is is that's when, in those six months, is when the call for writing the book began, stronger than ever. See, for, for months before and years before, I've collected over 75, maybe 100 titles for the book. My students, my friends, my patients, my colleagues, who, whatever you want to call them, all said to me, Mana, what you're bringing forth here, you're helping so many people, you've got to put it in a book to make more people aware of what it is that you are communicating. But, you know, I had resistance. And, of course, it was ego resistance and didn't want me to whatever it is. But when I was in the facility, there was no holding back. I started to – so I was alone. I didn't have – I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair. You know, I was confined. All I had was a room and a computer. And that's when I started putting everything together. It took me uh, two years to put it all together and another year to actually, um, you know, the technical, detailed aspects of getting the book out before it's published. And it was birthed this past October, you know, and uh, I feel like a proud parent. It's a work of love. Mana, (laughs) Mana, so... so, um... I, I want to uh, go back because, you know, the place that I would love for you to share is what was the journey that you were on from when you were diagnosed with this multiple myeloma, your sister selling everything that you owned, you, you looked like you were dying, there's no way you could recover, what, what transpired that actually healed and transformed you? I surrendered. 
I, I, I surrendered to a higher power. I, 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 you know, I was in a room. I'll give you an idea. I, I was in a room in the hospital where the hospital was overcrowded and they were bringing people in, two people, three people. I needed my privacy. I, I couldn't handle other people in the room with their needs and their crying and the blah, 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 blah. And, and I asked, isn't there a place, isn't there a room where I can have a private room? And they came back and they said, there's no way. The hospital is overfilled. It's crowded, blah, blah. I said, okay. Ten minutes later, they come in, not saying anything. Two guys or three guys, you know, the help, the nurses, and they wheel me out of the room, and they wheel me into a private room. I said, what's going on? And they just looked at me. This is true. And I wound up in my own private room. When I surrendered the need, when I surrendered the fight, when I surrendered the resistance to to whatever it was that was guiding me all these years and said to myself, let it be what it is. I trust the process. That's when everything started to change for me in a big way. That's when I really started to practice putting into uh, into work the knowledge, the, the, the learnings, the experiences, what our wisdom from all these years has been telling me and telling others. The difficulty with most people is not that they don't know what to do. I can't tell you how many people read thousands of books, who went to workshops like I did, you know, went on trips, spiritual journeys, sat with gurus, but in their life, nothing changed. And that's because they didn't apply the epigenetics into their life, the influences that affect the expression of our DNA. That's what epigenetics is. It's, it's the frequencies because, of course, life is energy. You know, Einstein, Tesla, and even the science of quantum physics now have shown that the fabric of the universe is composed of what? Vibrational strings expressed as energy. Every single cell, your organ system, in fact, the entire physical body is composed, is composed and surrounded by its own individual energy fields. And uh, once you get to understand what epigenetics is and how it influences the, 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 the DNA expression, then we have choices of how we want to live our life based on frequency rather than based on the mind's linear way of working through life. Judgment, right and wrong. You know, it's linear. It, it's judgmental. When you start to follow the guidance of your heart, your inner guidance system, when you start to surrender to the divinity of the entire process of life, then the body heals itself. And that's what happened to me. The art therapy that I, that I took that developed into my art today, major factor in healing. The book writing, being in the moment, uh, allowing the consciousness to flow through me. It didn't come from my mind. It came from beyond my mind. All that 
information that I've accumulated all those years that I was able to put into my book. Wow, what a rehearsal for me. What a review. Killed me. Yes, Western medicine was a big factor. But without the the surrender to a greater power, without the embracement of self-love, I don't think that I would be talking to you and your audience today. That's how powerful I really feel that uh, the work I did and the work that we all can do can be for us. That is so powerful. And, you know, what's, what's really profound is, um, is, is, is accessing what you were saying, that frequency, that energy, being able to do those experiences of reading the books, of going to the workshops, of going to ashrams. You know, that's it's like feeding something that is allowing us to grow within, but that's not going to it's not going to make it happen for us. You know, we're reminded, maybe we learn, uh, was, you know, we, we take in the wisdom, but it's not ours until we have experiences that make it true for us, that make it so for us. And um, that's the journey. And, um, you know, it's so profound what you're saying because you were faced with that moment of being you know, diagnosed with an incurable disease, and then life opened up possibilities for you on that healing journey, and you chose to pursue it. You didn't give up. You con- you t- continue to surrender to the mystery of life, and um, it's it's so powerful and so inspirational. Because until you do that, it doesn't matter how many. You know, herbs you take, what, how many chemotherapies you get, how, how, how you change your diet. It doesn't matter until you shift the energy that has shut you down from connecting to the power, to the frequency of infinite love. Well said. Thank you, Dr. Cheryl. That's beautiful. Thank you. You summed it all up very, very beautifully. So we are, based on our just our discussion, I think that we have to really uh, embrace the fact that, that we are the creative force in the unfolding story of our journey. Okay, and the world out there, as we embark upon it now with the changes and the unfamiliar circumstances that we're all being faced, that world is really filled with a higher consciousness and a vibrational frequency that will now be supporting our highest potential. See, the frequency that's surrounding the planet now is not the same frequency that surrounded the planet when I was born or when you were born. We were born into a frequency. We were born with the standard equipment to deal with that frequency. But as the frequency changed, as it increased, as it, when I say increased, what I'm saying is, uh, I, I think most of your audience probably understands that the frequency of love is, is calibrated, uh, like at 528 hertz. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you read, uh, Hawkins, David Hawkins' book, uh, Power Versus Force, he calibrates everything, people and situations and, and, and items and, in the, ter- in the terms of vibrational frequencies and consciousness, like he puts the whole 
uh, our whole mass consciousness at a frequency uh, around 200, where say a thousand is the highest and zero is the is the bottom, where uh, Jesus or Buddha or the avatars and saints are up there at the 900 and the thousands. The general population and consciousness is in the 200 range or under it's been under the 200 range which is the striving range over 200 you begin to go into the thriving range so everything is in frequency and when you start to understand life in the terms of frequency instead of judgment then you're following your inner guidance system and you're bathing yourselves in love you're bathing yourselves in frequencies that support your highest potential, your vibrancy, your well-being, your, your radiancy, your celebration for life. I know that no matter what I have financially or what I even have, uh, you know, materially, if my health is compromised in any way, it's very difficult for me to enjoy the fruits of life that I've worked so hard for, you know? And so I've come down to the awareness that what is really important in life is the values that you create from a conscious perspective, not the values that you create from the perspective of need or want. It's a whole different set of values. And when you base your life on what it is that is uh, valuable to you health-wise, for instance, your vitality, your well-being, you know, uh, surrounding yourself with family and, and partnerships that you can experience and share love with. These, to me, now are my uh, rewards. This is what I consider success. When you're able to live in that world rather than the world that man-made, live in the world that God made. So what would be, from your experience, if you were sharing your wisdom, some practical essentials that would really benefit people in that journey of reconnecting with that place of true power, of true self-love, of that infinite potential? In your experience, what what would you offer some practical practices or steps or strategies that allow people to connect in that I, way? I, 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 I hear, and what I'm going to tell you may sound <laughs> you know, a little um, far-fetched, but I believe that the first step would be don't believe anything your mind tells you. Your mind is murderous. Your mind, when I say your mind, I'm not talking about your common sense or the practicality of, uh, of dealing in a, a world of duality. I'm talking about the ego mind, the hand Christian Anderson of the body, the, the, the part of the mind that creates the stories that separate you from joy and love and celebration. The, the ego mind is what I'm referring to. It's murderous. It has, it's, it's built to create separation, division, and duality. 
It's the other side of the coin where your heart is all love. It doesn't have any other function other than to love, to keep you into a consciousness that supports your true essence of life, of who you are. And that is the other aspect that may not sound too practical, but to me is extremely important is to embrace your truth. Not what your mind tells you you're not. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough, rich enough, whatever it is that the ego tells you that you're not, that you go through your whole life trying to be. Your heart is the first organ that's formed when you're conceived, before the brain is even formed. Your heart is your true brain. It receives information from the consciousness that created everything and how to unfold into the humanness that we are. That is what I feel is important to know who we are. We are that love. We are that heart. We are organically, and I don't know how to say it, we, we are we have a consciousness of love. And that's what oneness is all about. And this is what we're talking about today in, in, in the spiritual communities. It's the unity and the oneness and the holographic universe where everything is connected. Everything is tied together. All the dimensions, all frequencies, they're all happening. We know this at the same time, the present, the, uh, the past. And, and the future is all happening simultaneously. It's the frequency that we're tuned into. So what I'm saying is practicality. Don't believe anything the mind or the ego tells you. Start listening to the heart and the wisdom that you have from within you that lives in that heart. The heart, of course, is the analogy. And get to know your truth. Get to know who you really are. Embrace the 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 love that you were born with, that you are part of and the creativeness of the oneness of it all. So those are the two things that I feel are important. I don't know. I don't have techniques. I don't, I, I, you know, traditions or rituals. Uh, they take you to a certain level but in the truth of it is, in the bottom line, you don't need any of that. You know, that's all mind-made. Mm-hmm. I like to go right mm-hmm. now to the grassroots, and that's where my work is right now. My book is The Grassroots. It's not covering it mm-hmm. up. It's not giving you techniques to get there. It's the grassroots, okay? And the way you get to the grassroots is surrender your ego and embrace your heart. That's the leap of faith. That's the courage you need. It's not the courage in what you can do and what you can't do. It's the courage that is entwined in the consciousness of love. It's God's courage that we're looking at. It's not our mind telling us what to do. You follow what I'm saying? Am I being um, strong enough for you to understand that? (laughs) I, I, I do. I understand. And, you know, the... 
challenge for people is like, give me the path, give me the techniques, you know. And the fact of the matter is your each person's journey will bring to them the experiences or the tools that will support them on this journey of reconnecting to the heart. Because it's true, the heart is the ultimate intelligence that is guiding us if we are able to allow ourselves to really access that frequency by the healing, by the self-reflection, by being able to um, take on the journey of connecting to our soul, however that path opens. And it's a unique path for every single person. So if you ask, if you set that as an intention to reconnect with the truth of who you are to your heart, the journey is really presenting itself to you. And the responsibility of the self, the ego, is to surrender to to that path. And yes, it sounds very vague and because there's no one tech Unique, that's going to do it. You just never know exactly. what each person is going to create. Exactly. It's not, it's not a, a technique. But what I like to use the word is conscious intention. See, an intention is the driving force behind all manifestation. It, your intention, how pure your intention is, is how quickly you will manifest what it is that is coming your way. Okay? And consciously being tapped into your wisdom, okay, tapped into the universal intelligence and applying that consciousness to your intention, to me that would be a practical experience, a practical exercise. It's not something that they taught many years ago, and they even teach now in a lot of these classes and books. We're going beyond that, Dr. Cheryl, okay? We're going to, to, to the very grassroots of why we're here to begin with, okay? And what, and what our uh, conscious intention really brings us and what the science of epigenetics confirms. And that is that our individual choices, and this is what you just said in, in, in other words, your individual choices based on your degree of consciousness plays an unbelievable role in how your DNA expresses the instructions to yourselves, how your DNA communicates information so your cells can perform at their optimum level. That's what conscious uh, intention ultimately does for us. And therefore, we could, through conscious intention, live a life, a quality life, a, a, you know, a life that is fulfilling. My life right now, and I've had many different experiences, and all through my life I thought, you know, I was feeling fulfilled is nothing like I'm experiencing now. Okay, yes, I have uh, handicapped situations now. You know, I, I'm, I'm still rehabilitating from my illnesses. I'm still, you know, still very much under the doctor's care. But I've never been more 
joyous. Mm-hmm. No matter what other situation I've experienced in all my other times in my life, I've never been more joyous. I laugh truly like a child from inside. It's not based on a joke or what I think. It comes out as God's expression from within me. It's pure love. I'm getting to experience my own love through my own laughter. You know how beautiful that is? It puts me in a whole different perspective of, of, of my life. So would I change anything? No. Would I change the, the things that my wife's dying or my, my illnesses or my careers or my, my, my family situation? No, I wouldn't change one thing, nor do I regret one thing, because I truly love where I am at this very moment. And it's that obvious conclusion that everything you have experienced has allowed you to arrive at this moment. It would be a different moment if you didn't experience everything if I, that you If I changed one thing, if I changed one thing, everything yeah. would have changed from that, from that yeah. place on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so in um, conclusion, we're coming to the end of our show. Um, first of all, if people want to know more about the wonderful, inspirational work that you're doing, first of all, they need to go to your website, which is Stephen with the S-T-E-V-E-N, manatrink.com, stephenmanatrink.com. And uh, if they would um, like to order your book, tell us more how they can do that. Okay. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. I, I, I always forget these things, you know. I, I know that <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's, it's like <laughs> when I was practicing, when I had my practice, I would when my patient or client left, I, I always got a knock on the door, and they came back, and I said, yes. And, and they said, well, you forgot to ask for money. You know, you forgot to, I forgot <laughs> to pay you. <laughs> because it wasn't the objective to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't the focus. I'm not there. I wrote the book not so I could earn any money. Uh, I'm painting not because I can sell my, my painting. This was not in my consciousness. I wrote the book to share the knowledge and my experiences and communication with people, you know, I thought that would be a wonderful way to give back. And I started painting because it brought people to uh, a higher spirits when they see my paintings and they they view them or even in the room that they're in, it raises their vibration. It raises the frequency of the room. That's why I call it the feel-good art. So all that can be found Hmm. on stephenmonitrink.com. On my website, you can read about my book. Uh, you can purchase through Amazon on my book, uh, on my website. I also Balboa Press. Uh, there's a place to purchase my book, or you can go to Amazon directly. I'm in Barnes and Noble, but uh, the, but my website will give you all that information. It tells you about me. You can watch some videos about me, uh, why I wrote the book, and you know me talking a little bit and get to know me. My paintings, my galleries, I just put up a new gallery called the Signature Collection Gallery. 
on my website, and that is all signed and numbered. It's a limited editions of my uh, of my abstract paintings, and uh, I have another uh, uh, gallery called the Feel Good Gallery that has a more collective look of my paintings that you can purchase and you can buy, uh, you know, prints or canvas or have it on absolutely fantastic, stunning acrylic glass. It's unbelievable. Uh, you can pick your sizes. You can do frames, mats, colors, whatever you want on um, on the on, on the uh, on the feel good gallery. But the signature gallery is pretty more um, focused, and so that's there. Listen to my other interviews. I mean, go to my website, stephenmonitoring.com, yeah. and wow. you can get in touch with so, me through the website as, to, as well. Uh, yeah, so much, so much to experience with who you are and what you're doing, and I just want to wish you the greatest um, good fortune and healing and success as you are fulfilling this greater purpose in your life. And it's just been an absolute delight and pleasure to have you on the show. You have such great wisdom and stories to share. And thank you for sharing them with us today. And thank you for opening up your arms to receive me. I uh, That was another um, sacredicity of the universe. You know, You know how that came about. So things happen that way. They flow into each other. It's I like to like to look at life as an unfolding story, you know. And yeah. we just have to. Uh, I have a phrase called the riding the divine, and that's what we have to do. We have to ride the crest of the consciousness of the divine. That's all we have to do. Is well, that's it. Good surface. That. I'm just going to say that's a great note to end on because we've come to the end of our wonderful conversation. So uh, thank you, Stephen Monatrink, for your wisdom, inspiration today. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you'll be joining me next week on The Love Code. And until then, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.